Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. My name is Ben Badler, and I'm joined today along with Aaron Fitt. Uh, if you have been on BaseballAmerica.com recently, you've noticed we just finished rolling out our American League Top 10 Prospects list by team. We finished off with the AL West, and I think that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Aaron, of course, did the Texas Rangers system this year, and I did the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Aaron, you know, you look at the the top of the system, and number one, Neftali Feliz, and, and number two, Derek Holland, two real power arms that the Rangers have. Uh, for you, you know, when, when you stack those guys up at the top, and then obviously Justin Smoke, number three, uh, with the, the first-round draft pick this year, and uh, just a whole bunch of talent in that top ten. You know, some of these guys, it looks like, you know, if you put them in some of the thinner farm systems in baseball, you know, these guys, you know, a Taylor Teagarden at six or a Michael Main at eight, you put them in a, another system, maybe these guys rank a little bit higher. Uh, but the Ranger system, uh, kind of like the A system, just seems so deep this year. Uh, so for a guy like Feliz and, and Holland to be one-two, uh, it seems like those guys have to be really pretty elite guys in your mind. Uh, you know, how did you kind of go about sorting about sorting out the the top guys in this group? Well, Ben, it was an interesting process. And, and before I go any further, let me say first of all how great it is to be here on the Baseball America podcast uh, uh, with Ben Badler for the first time ever. I think this is our first podcast together, so it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's get right to it, Ben. I, I think you, you made a great point there. Um, this is a it's a it's a very deep system. I think there probably are. Uh, seven or eight guys, maybe six, six or seven guys here where you could consider uh, number one caliber prospects maybe in a, in a particularly weak organization. I mean, I think some, some systems would have Taylor Teagard number one. I think some systems would maybe even have like a Michael Main number one. Um, you know, people like Michael Main quite a bit. Uh, I, I think actually there was some surprise maybe uh, from, from Rangers fans and seeing him only number eight because Rangers fans have read a lot lately about um, – about Michael Maine's performance in instructional league, he's got an electric arm. There's no question. Um, he he he's he's run that velocity up to 96 miles an hour, and he's got feel for a two, you know, really good feel for for a curveball and a changeup. So, very good prospect, and he's number eight. Uh, it tells you a lot about this system. But to answer your question, Ben, uh, Feliz and Holland are elite guys. There's no other way to put it. Um, you know, I don't know where they're going to be in our top 100, but I think it should be pretty darn high because I think Feliz has a real chance to be a legitimate number one starter in the big leagues, and those guys are rare. Uh, I think most teams don't have a legitimate number one starter in the big leagues right now. I think there's only a handful of them out there, true number one guys. Um, you know, and, 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 and he's he's got a chance for an 80 fastball, and that's, again, something we don't throw around lightly. You don't throw around 80 grades on the 2080 scale too often. Uh, but it's a combination of the velocity, you know, 97 miles an hour, sometimes 100, 101. I mean, he, he sits easily 94, 96, and it's effortless, and it explodes uh, a lot of, of, of natural, boring life to it. Um, I mean, that, first of all, is, 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 the, is the separator with Feliz. And, and, and um, 
you know, and, and he's he's got feel for the secondary stuff. And he, I understand he's still developing the secondary stuff. Maybe that's why he's not, you know, in the big leagues right now. Uh, he's still a young guy. He's still working on that stuff. But you can see the makings of a plus breaking ball um, and, and the changeup as well. So I, I think he's really going to be one of those very rare number one starter types. Um, I've got Holland as kind of like a... Um, um, you know, as as a left-hander in in, in the, uh, the Scott Casimir mold, except I think I think the changeup will be his number two pitch, whereas Casimir relies more on the slider. So we're talking about a couple of, of front of the rotation guys here, um, and, and Smoke, of course. I think I said in the chat the other day, uh, I believe is a can't miss guy. I think he's he's destined to hit. 40, 30, 40 home runs in the big leagues uh, and play excellent defense, and uh, he's a switch hitter, and, and I just I just cannot envision a scenario where he doesn't reach the big leagues and be at least a solid everyday player at, at minimum. Um, you know, and, and hey, I've been wrong before, but uh, I feel pretty good about this one. Yeah, Aaron, it's uh, obviously I have an interesting perspective on Smoke. Obviously, if, you, if you're familiar with our coverage of Baseball America, you know Aaron is our college editor. You know, following Justin Smoke for, for three years at South Carolina, you know, seeing him slip a little bit in the draft, it seems like everyone is is really high on Justin Smoke. And, and by slip, I obviously mean uh, uh, slip not that far to the, uh, obviously, the 11th overall pick in the draft is uh, certainly uh, uh, certainly no slight on, on anyone's talent. But, you know, it seems like a lot of guys, including yourself from, from what you said in the chat yesterday, uh, seems like a lot of guys are, are higher on, on Smoke than even some of the guys who are, Taken ahead of him, you know what is it that uh, that that really stands out to you about Smoke that makes him so special? Is it the the power, the defense, just the the total package and and the polish? What is it? Uh, you know what is it exactly with Justin Smoke? Well, I think it's it's all those things you mentioned. I think he he really is a Mark Teixeira type player, and and Teixeira, of course, might end up being a two hundred million dollar player this off season. Um, you know, I, I see Smoke as a very similar tool set, and, and maybe not quite. Uh, the the ability to hit for average that Teixeira has, I think Smoke will be maybe a more of a 280 to 300 type hitter, um, but uh, he he certainly can handle the bat from both sides, and he certainly has uh, that that plus plus power. You know, those are those are big time tools. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just think there's a lot to like there. Um, you know, and 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 the other thing about this system, Ben, is is I think the the the, the there's some debate out there in in the the, the uh, baseball community about the value of an Elv- Elvis Andrus, value of a, of a Martin Perez. Um, you know, I, I know that there are people out there who don't believe that Andrus is ever going to be a frontline player. Um, you know, I, I, frankly, I don't, I don't see what's not to like about this guy. I mean, I, I think that he's he's handled the bat at every step. Um, for for a guy who's young for his level, I mean, yeah, he's not hitting for a lot of power, but you can see it. He's he's at least going to be a, a gap guy. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a home run hitter. I don't think anyone thinks that. Uh, but but he can be a very serviceable player who can who can give you you know five to ten homers a year and um, you know thirty doubles. And and I do think he's going to play Gold Glove kind of defense. I understand he's made some errors so far. He's a young guy. Uh, that's nothing to be concerned about because the tools are there. So I, I think Andrews is, is going to be a frontline player. Um, I don't know how you feel about, about Elvis from, from your experience in the minor leagues. Well, I'm, I'm cl- complete with, completely with you on that one, Aaron. Uh, you know, Andrews, if you look at the history of guys who were teenagers in, in double-A, uh, you know, some of them hit, some of them didn't. You know, Andrews just put up a for a shortstop to be hitting 295 with a 350 on on-base percentage. And uh, in double-A as a 19-year-old is, is really outstanding. I mean, that... I don't. We don't have the. I don't have the league averages in front of me right now, but 
you know, my, my guess just from knowing the Texas League is that's probably about league average uh, for a, a Texas League shortstop right now. Uh, and, and he's 19 years old. Most of those guys are probably, you know, anywhere from 22 to, to 26, 27 years old. So he, he's well ahead of the curve. Uh, he has the athleticism, the bat speed. Scouts seem to uh, to like the swing. You know, he, he has some stuff to learn. But, you know, when you have a guy who's 19 years old in, in AA and you're just going to look at, a, you know, oh, he's not hitting for so so much power right now, you know, it's it's really going to obfuscate a, a lot of the, the numbers and a lot of the, you know, the things that you see on the field. But when you see the tools there, you see how – you see how advanced he is. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's, there's, he's certainly not a, a can't miss guy if there, if there is such a thing as that. But uh, he certainly has a, a high ceiling, and I, I think it's a little uh, premature to be getting too down on, on Elvis Andrews. I certainly think he can be an average to a to to well above average uh, major leaguer in time. And I think the other thing here is, you know, Andrews and uh, Perez and and Beltre and. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of international talent in this system. You know, some of it brought in from trade, uh, some of it brought in, uh, you know, from from their own international scouting, uh, such as you know Martin Perez. Uh, now, certainly the other guy, the new international arm they're bringing in is uh, Carlos Melo. Uh, actually, not sure if it's Melo or Milo, or I'm sure Carmelo will probably stick pretty soon for him. But uh, another power arm that the the Rangers just acquired, kind of sorting out their their catching surplus here. Uh, so, so now, if you've obviously heard by it at this point that Gerald Laird traded for uh, Carlos Mello and uh, Guillermo, uh, Moscoso. Guillermo Moscoso, a lot of Latin names tying my tongue here today, Aaron. Uh, so it seems like the Rangers' catching situation is starting to get sorted out, but yeah. you know, still have Jared Saltalamacchia, Taylor Teagarden at number six. Obviously, Saltalamacchia no longer a prospect by our official standards, but uh, still certainly a, a very young catcher who, who still hasn't quite proven himself but still has a lot of uh, potential in the big leagues. You know, you put Taylor Teagarden at 6, Max Ramirez at 10. Uh, you know, how would you kind of sort out the, the, the Rangers catching situation right now and, and what, what's kind of your take on that? Well, I, th- I think Teagarden is the guy that they internally view as the, the, the catcher of the future. I mean, you know, he's, he's, I think, the best combination of everything you really would look for in a big league catcher. Uh, because he's he's the best defender of this group, he's got the uh, the leadership skills. He's, he calls a good game. Uh, I think he's going to have, and I think I said this in the chat again yesterday. He's he's going to have a, a Veritech kind of an influence on a pitching staff. And you hear so much about with the Red Sox, you know, during their recent run, um, how how much the, the pitchers really believed in Veritech and and how how good he was on that staff. I think Tea Garden is that kind of guy. You know, it's one thing we we've heard about it for years now since this guy was in college. How good he is with with a pitching staff. And um, I remember talking to scouts, you know, who saw him in the regional um, when he was at Texas and. Uh, uh, he looked like a big leaguer. He carried himself like a big leaguer. You know, he's he just was was a little bit different than everybody else on the field. I think he's just one of those special guys. Um, and and offensively, you know, I mean, I don't think he's got obviously Jared Saltalamaki's upside or, or Max Ramirez's, uh, but I do think he's got power. He's shown it in his career. He's I think he can be a 20 home run kind of guy in the big leagues. Uh, maybe he won't hit for a lot of average, but he can hit 250, 260, and 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 get on base for. You. He's got a patient approach. Um, you know, so I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy they're going to build around. I would expect them to deal 
either Salto Lamakia or Ramirez this offseason. Um, my money is on Salto Lamakia. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't think that uh, it's it's a bad it's it's not a bad problem to have to go into camp with too many big league ready catchers. Um, so they can kind of take their time and wait for the right offer to come to them. There's no reason for them to take uh, less than these guys are worth. Um, but uh, you know, you, you made the point that they've they've done a good job already, kind of uh, transforming their their surplus into more prospects, and I think that we're going to see more of that. And uh, the other point you made was the international efforts, and and you know there's a lot more on the way. Uh, you know, of course, I think we both have a lot of respect for AJ Preller, their international uh, scouting director, and and his staff down there. Um, you know, they've they've got guys uh, just outside the the top ten. For instance, like Wilfredo Boscan, um, who I think is really an exciting prospect. Man, I think he's going to jump up next year into this kind of elite group. Um, you know. Perez, of course, we haven't really talked much about, but maybe maybe a surprise to see him at number five on this list with, with just a, a year of in Spokane under his belt. But uh, you know, it's easy to say see a guy who's who's what 17 years old and, and in short season ball and think he's a long way away. He's you know a real risk. Uh, but you know, I think he's I think he's gonna move pretty quickly, and I think he's fairly safe for for a you know a guy his age at his level because he's got a. He's got a clean delivery. He's got advanced feel for pitching. That, to me, is what I like to see in a young pitcher, more than even a guy who throws 100 miles an hour like Wilmer Font. Uh, I'd rather, obviously, have Martin Perez. So um, just kind of a floating around talking about some of these <laughs> things you talked about. And when you see a guy, too, who's who's young, obviously you think maybe he's a little more risk. And then certainly when he's that far away from the big leagues, you know, the more years you're away, the, the higher the risk. But, you know, when you see a 17-year-old kid who, who already has a, a compact delivery, Good clean arm action and, and the ability to, to spin that breaking ball already, you know, to be a plus pitch. There's there's a little less risk than you know a guy like Wilmer Font who, you know, maybe a little bit more raw and, and unrefined, you know, maybe a little bit more uh, or not necessarily fun in particular, but you know, just in the abstract, a guy who's you know has a little bit trouble showing the ability to spin a breaking ball or you know maybe a little bit more questionable arm action. So right. certainly Perez is you know like you mentioned he's young, but there's a lot of good durable parts to him and, and a lot of projection and you know a lot of a lot of solid things to to certainly like about him you know looking uh, obviously one of the the strengths of the the ranger system is the the depth in the system too uh you know in in the 11 to 30 range obviously it's uh, available in the the baseball america prospect handbook that should be coming out uh well we go to press with it at, at the end of this month in december it should be ready uh in 2009 uh, it's available now to order on baseballamerica.com, of course. Uh, you Good know, job with that plug, Ben. Did I did I sell it? You well? nailed it. I think you nailed it. Oh, all right. Well, uh, you know, in the in the 11 to 30 range, you know, there's certainly a lot of guys there who you know jump up every year. Guys who are in the 11 to 30 range in a system, you can go look back and you can say, wow, how did this guy rank at, at number 15? But maybe they're just a little bit younger or in a stack system like the the Rangers. You know, who's a guy who you know, maybe ranked in that 11 to 30 range, so you could see, you know, moving moving up higher next year in the system, and, and maybe ranking in that in that top 10. Well, you know, I talked about briefly Wilfredo Boscan, who I think is uh, fits that description as a, as a young right-hander with a loose delivery and and, and really good feel for three-pitch mix. But the other guy I would throw into that mix is Joe Wheeland, uh, the, uh, the the young right-hander who's a, I think a fourth-round pick this year out of high school. Um, he's a guy that the Rangers are incredibly excited about. Um, and, and Robbie Ross is the other guy, uh, you know, who they, they gave a, a, a seven-figure bonus to as a second-round pick as a, as a high school left-hander out of Kentucky. Um, he was a little bit lower down on this list just because, you know, some Rangers officials weren't blown away by their first look at him, but 
don't write the guy off. He's he does he has shown electric stuff in the past. So those are three guys that I think could could jump up, Ben. But um, you know, one one thing I think there we've talked about some things that there've been some debate about in in the in the, the scouting community or what have you. Um, I think there's some debate about which is the best farm system right now in baseball, and and you know the Rangers of course are are in that discussion. Um, you, of course, uh, did the top 10 and, and top 30 prospects list for the Oakland A's, which is probably the other team that's in this discussion. And, and, and I'm, I'm curious, Ben, what, what jumps out to you when you look at the A's, and especially when you compare them with the Rangers? Um, but what do you think is, are the real strengths of this system? I mean, where do you come down in this debate? Well, I think for the A's, the strength of the system is, is pretty clearly the pitching. I mean, you look at the, the rotation that's going to be in, in their AAA club next year uh, to start 2009. You know, we could, we could be talking about a rotation of Brett Anderson, the number one prospect, Trevor Cahill, the number two prospect, uh, possibly Gio Gonzalez. He might be in the big leagues. Uh, he was the number seven. But then you're also going to have Vin Mazzaro, number eight prospect, James Simmons, the number ten prospect. So you could have a, a triple-A pitching rotation with four of your top ten prospects in it. And this is, a, a, as one of the best farm systems in baseball, that's saying a lot. So I think you look at the, the pitching that the A's have, you know, that certainly stands out. Obviously, you have Michael Onoa as well, uh, you know, very, very far down the ladder, but he's another guy who could uh, who could move a very Paul kind of, I'm not comparing him to Perez, but only in the sense that they do have, a, you know, good deliveries, ability to spin the breaking stuff. So it's not like they're raw talents. Uh, you know, and you look at some of the other arms in the system, uh, guys like Josh Outman, Fautino De Los Santos, Henry Rodriguez. You know, there's There's a lot of... There's a lot of arms in that system. Tyson Ross, Brent Hunter, guys they just infused in from the draft. Uh, Daniel Thomas, another kid who was uh, just throwing 98 miles an hour at his at his max velocity. Uh, another kid that they drafted. So there's a there's a lot of high impact arms in the system. You know, in terms of how they stack up with the Rangers, uh, I'm gonna cop out on this one, Aaron. <laughs> I gotta say it's it's a little early for me to uh, just kind of grade out and, and kind of give them a, a one two or a or or say exactly where they rank just to uh you know the, before we get all the information in I just like to, to see everything so but you know in terms of the you know in terms of the, the top two guys, me personally I kinda prefer Anderson and Cahill uh to, to Feliz and Holland. Uh, I just think uh you know Anderson and, and Cahill are probably in my mind two of the top five or so pitching prospects in baseball uh, obviously, Anderson, the uh, the elite command, the the polish that he has, doesn't barely walks anybody. Just pounds a strike zone. It's not like he's throwing the ball down the middle of the plate. He's painting the black, uh, inside, outside. Uh, you know, and, and it's and it's not with fringy stuff either. He's got you know a good fastball. It, it'll sit about average, 88, 92, but he'll he can get it up there to about 94 or so when he when he really needs to. Uh, you know, he really hasn't needed to yet. Uh, he has above-average breaking stuff. His changeup could be another above-average pitch. Didn't really have to throw it much uh, in the lower minors, but he did. Uh, he did throw it a little bit more when he got to Double A and and Cahill. Uh, you know, I, I put him number two. Obviously, if you wanted to put him number one, to me, hey, no problem there. Uh, Anderson had a little bit of an edge for me because of his polish and and his command, whereas Cahill is, uh, you know, probably arguably one of the best sinkers in baseball. Uh, and when you combine that with his his curveball, which which some scouts say is a uh, as good as a plus plus pitch, that, that's about as good of a two pitch combo as right. as you'll find in the game. You know, the, the one hesitation I had with Cahill is uh, 
you know, a little bit of a he has a good it's a good delivery. It's it's simple. It's it's compact. He has good balance. Uh, you know, the the one thing with him is, you know, he cuts off his extension a little short out in the front. You know, that that puts a little bit more strain on the you know the back of the arm and the the back of the shoulder there. Uh, you know, and he and he did kind of tweak his his back or his his intercostal muscle a, a, a little bit at the Olympics and didn't really throw an instructs. Uh, maybe those two are, are interrelated, and you know he does have a the command is is good. It's it's not a, it's not like Anderson's command. Uh, so to me that set him a, a tick behind Anderson. But you know, like I said before, I think these are two of the top five pitching prospects in right. in baseball. So it's it's certainly uh I, I don't have too many concerns with with Trevor Cahill. Well, here's when you know when I when I look at these these one two punches, Ben. Um, the the thing I think that that sets Anderson and Cahill apart a little bit. Would be their 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 secondary stuff. I feel like both these guys have better breaking balls than than Feliz and and Holland, uh, at least at this point. And you probably could project both of them, I think, to be better uh, as well. But um, you know, the the thing I I would go with Feliz and Holland in this debate, and here's why. I think we're talking about two guys, especially Feliz, who are just incredibly rare talents uh and and mostly i'm talking about the fastballs here i'm, I'm a fastball guy and and Feliz has i think will have one of the best fastballs in baseball i mean it's you know yeah i understand you know anderson commands his very well and cahill's got that sinker and they're, they're both good but they, they can't really match Feliz for velocity and and when you find the fact that Feliz has the life on it too um you know that that just gives him a i think a higher ceiling than either of these guys, and whether or not he reaches that ceiling will depend, I guess, on how he develops the the, the secondary stuff. Uh, Holland, you know, again, when, when I compare him to Anderson, I think Anderson's got certainly better command. Uh, Holland also has very good command. He's a strike thrower. Excellent command, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, he's got to develop that slider a little bit. I mean, it made he made progress with it this year, but it's it's not in the same class right now as, as Anderson's curveball. I think Anderson certainly is a little bit safer than than Holland. Um, you know, he is biz- bigger, more physical, uh, less chance maybe that he'll break down. Not that I think Holland is going to break down, but uh, um, you know, I think both those guys are are, are are comparable in terms of ceiling. I mean, I don't know that that Holland is going to you know reached 97, 98 too often as a starter, although he did that some this year. I think it really surprised the Rangers a lot. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong either way. I'll take the Rangers guys. You can have the A's guys. Um, if we're looking at the rest of these top tens, you know. I, if you look at number three, I mean, it's it's really, I mean, about as apples to oranges as you get. Yeah. Number three in the A's, Michael and Noah. Number three in the Rangers, Justin Smoke. Uh, frankly, uh, you know, Justin Smoke – to me, when when you put him against, you know, I'll take the A's pitchers, the the one two over the the Rangers one two. Uh, Justin Smoke, to me, when you look at all the hitters uh, in this class between the Rangers and the A's, I think Justin Smoke is to me is is the best hitter. You know, the Rangers, or excuse me, the A's do have some some very good hitters. You know, Aaron Cunningham, uh, I believe in him. Uh, Adrian Carnes, Chris Carter. Uh, Jamiah Lee, those are the the top hitters in the in the system. Sean right. Doolittle, Josh Donaldson. You know, I'm you know I'm a sucker for these college guys, Ben, especially Jamiah Weeks, who I I just think is an an explosive, dynamic player. Um, you know, and and in in some ways comparable to a you know the the some of the explosive players the Rangers have. I mean, they're up up the middle, elite athletes like Julio Borbone, uh, and Hal Beltre, of course. I mean, um, different kinds of players than Weeks, but what, what the point is that that both these systems have those kind of uh, just elite athletes as well. Mm-hmm. And one one of the things that's too that's kind of unique about the uh, these systems is, uh, or I shouldn't say unique, but something that they have in common is that 
you know, they maybe haven't necessarily had the, you know, the Rays have been our, our top, the top organization in terms of our organizational talent rankings for uh, a couple of years now. And, you know, a lot of that isn't because they, they accumulated a lot of prospects from other organizations. It's just because they've been very, very, very bad at the major league level. And they've had very, very high draft picks. That said, they've also hit on those high draft picks. Uh, so that certainly helps when you're drafting guys like B.J. Upton and Evan Longoria, uh, those David kinds of Price. players. David Price, certainly. Uh, you know, when you look at the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates also drafting high, you know, it certainly helps and it's certainly a, a great help, but uh, it's certainly not a, a surefire slam dunk guarantee of success. Uh, whereas the A's and the Rangers, on the other hand, you know, a lot of their talent, you know, Brett Anderson, the top prospect acquired from another organization, uh, Neftali yeah. Feliz acquired from the from the uh, from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the the Teixeira deal. There's a lot of trades that kind of infuses both of these systems with talent. Um, so I, I I certainly think that uh, a lot of the credit has to go to the uh, the pro scouting departments of of these organizations to be able to to identify a lot of these talents. You know, certainly when you're unloading guys, you're 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 bound to have a lot of talent. Uh, so I think it just circumstance a lot of times as well plays a yeah a, a key role in. In, in how your farm system ends up uh, ends up looking kind of at the end of the day here. It's a great point, Ben, and, and like you said, I think those guys are, uh, the pro scouts are probably even more unsung than your, your amateur scouts. Uh, and and look, just looking at the Rangers' top 10, four of the top 10 were acquired in trades, Feliz, Andrews, uh, Beltre, and, and Max Ramirez, and of course, Santa Lamacchia would, would have been in this group had he qualified, would have been a fifth guy. So certainly, uh, you know, both these systems have done a great job uh, reinventing themselves through the trade. And then, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit more comparing and contrasting the, the A's and the Rangers. We will get to the, the Mariners and the, the Angels in a second, but obviously these are two of the best systems that we probably get uh, probably get the most email about uh, how these two team systems stack up. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the the Rangers list. Uh, you know, we look at the, the A's hitters, I think that might be a... Uh, you know the, the the strength of the system certainly is for the A's is in the the pitching, uh, but you know Aaron Cunningham, an outfielder, a, a major league, almost major league ready outfielder. Uh, Matt Matt Holiday might uh, interfere with how uh, you know his timetable to the big leagues. I'm I'm sure, but you know he's a guy who I, I see being a, at least an average to above average big leaguer. You know he's in center field right now. You know, maybe maybe he sticks there. Maybe more likely he ends up in left field. You know, he's not going to be a a big uh, a slugging type left fielder who you're used to seeing like a Pat Burrell or any of these other trillions of uh, slow prodding, uh, hmm. you know, high on base power guys that you're going to see uh, who who give away as many runs on defense. Uh, you know, I'm sure someone will sign Raul Ibanez, for example, and. Uh, you know, that's that's not Aaron Cunningham. Aaron Cunningham, if you move him to left field, his defense will be above average there just because you look at the left fielders around baseball today, and uh, they, except for maybe Carl Crawford and, and Matt Holliday, none of them can can move, basically. So he'll he'll give you a little bit of a defensive advantage there. But I also believe in the bat. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who can give you high on base percentage, moderate power. Uh, you know, he's he's not going to hit 30 to 40 home runs a year, but he could hit you 20 home runs and, and give you, you know, average slugging. That's average slugging for a corner outfielder if, if he can do that. And I think he can do that. Uh, you know, you look at some of the other bats in the system, like Weeks we talked about, uh, Adrian Cardenas, Chris Carter, and obviously, you know, Carter and, and Doolittle, a couple of teammates that, 
at uh, at Stockton this year, and, and Doolittle obviously was moved up to, to Double A this year. You know, the the strikeouts are a, a bit of a concern, but you know, for for me, Chris Carter just has such such tremendous power. It, it might just be 80 power on the on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. You know, guys talk about watching him in, in batting practice and just being really just in awe of, of what he can do. And, you know, obviously when you you hit 39 home runs, you know, even in the, the California League, uh, that's that's really going to stand out as one of the, the best power prospects in the minors. Right. Um, you know, when you, when you stack him up against, a, you know, the Rangers first baseman, a guy like Justin Smoke, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take Smoke ahead of him. Uh, but but certainly the A's have some some talent as well uh, in terms of the hitters that they draft or the, the hitters that they have in the the farm system as well. Who, ben, who's your? Let me ask you the same question you asked me. Who's your pick to click in that eleven through thirty range, or a guy or two who you think could could jump up into that elite status next year? You know, it's it's the A's actually have a, a lot of guys like that. It's it's kind of a mix of guys who are gonna you know be ready and and be kind of imp- have an impact on the the big league team and maybe a more of a role t- uh, role player type, maybe a middle reliever or a or a, a platoon bat. Uh, you know, a guy like Andrew Bailey, for example, or or Andrew Kerrigan. A couple of guys who they have. Uh, you know, Jared Lansford, Sam Demmel. They have some really good. Um, you know, experienced college power arms. Thank you, Aaron. Experienced p- power college arms. So uh, you you have those guys and. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to get too excited about guys who are relievers in the minor leagues, but you know these are guys who who eventually, you know, maybe not all of them, but you figure a couple of them will end up panning out and end up contributing to the to the big league team, uh, to the big league bullpen one day. Another guy, Josh Outman, who uh, acquired from the from the Philadelphia Phillies in the the Joe Blanton trade. Uh, you know, he was a guy who was a starter. Uh, Philadelphia moved him to the bullpen. I think they wanted him to be a left-handed reliever and hopefully move up to the big league team this year. Uh, you know, he was 94 to 96, touching 97 out of the bullpen. He was 90 to 94 as a starter. The A's moved him back to as a starter and and used him in relief too. Uh, you know, when you're 94 to 96 from the left side, that's uh, that's a pretty knockout weapon that you have there. Yeah. Uh, so I think he could be a guy who's just kind of an interesting guy to to follow and watch. And then certainly they were aggressive in uh Aggressive in the draft this year and, and internationally, obviously with with Michael and Noah. Uh, one other guy, I'm, I he probably won't even make the the A's top thirty, but Robin Rosario in the Dominican Summer League. Uh, basically, Dominican Summer League players are kind of like uh, what college players are uh, to Aaron. That's what they are uh, for me. I know Rosario held the illustrious title of being the uh, holding the highest international amateur signing bonus from the uh, in A's franchise history when he signed for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, earlier in the year, and he he held that title for a few months before uh, uh, this guy named Noah came along. Right. I guess he signed for, oh, I I don't know, I guess four point two five million or or so. Um, but he's another guy too, who certainly could to a guy to watch to to come over to the United States next year and uh, maybe uh, make a a nice impact in the the lower levels of the system immediately. Well, we've uh, we've kind of neglected the uh, the poor Angels and Mariners here, and and. I think with some reason, frankly, clearly the Rangers and, and Athletics are the dominant systems in uh, in this in this division and really in baseball. But uh, 
what stands out to you? Let's start with the Angels, Ben. This is a, a system, obviously, that's had kind of reputation over the last decade or so, certainly the last five years, of, of being one of the better systems in baseball. I mean, they've developed a lot of players, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and they've traded some players, uh, not a lot of players, but they, you know, they, they've, they've done a good job with their drafting and, and I think with their development as well. But the cupboard is kind of bare now, I think, after, you know, after the, the first couple of guys here. What stands out to you about this, about this system? I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, Aaron, when we were talking about, you know, the Rangers and the A's acquiring players and, uh, you know, through trade. A lot of it sometimes does come down to circumstance. You know, it's it's not necessarily, you know, the Angels have had a lot of picks that they haven't signed, but on the other hand, they haven't had as many picks in the first place. When you're going to sign guys like Gary Matthews Jr. and give up draft picks for these guys, uh, you know, you're going to sign a lot of high-priced free agents. You're not going to have the draft picks, and your farm system is going to suffer as a result. Right. Now, if you're the Angels and you're you're winning your division and you're winning almost 100 games or so every year, uh, and, and you're pretty much a, a lock to win the AL West like you were last year. You know that's it's a that's a good thing. You know maybe you don't have the you know the World Series ring right now, but uh, you know certainly a, a 100 win season like they had last year was uh, you know certainly an outstanding result. So you, you can't complain too much uh, when when that model is certainly producing a 100 win season for you. You know how sustainable that is in the future. Uh, we'll obviously have to wait and, and find out. Uh, but to me, what what stands out about the system is just the, like you said, the, you know, the lack of really high level elite uh, prospects in the system. You know, Nick yeah. Ainhart, number one. Uh, you know, he really struggled with his command this year, and you know, he's he's never been a guy who really misses a lot of bats. He's never been a guy that you would project as this guy has a chance to be a number one, a true bona fide number one. I don't think anyone's ever thought that. Uh, you know, maybe his ceiling is he an, is he a number two. Uh, down the road, I mean, I don't know, but right now, certainly, I think he's one of the weaker number ones in baseball. Yeah, and I, and I think you look at the rest of the system too, and you know, there's some talented guys there. There's some guys who are going to be uh, useful. You know, Jordan Walden certainly a, a an excellent power arm at, at number two, uh, but you, you look at the rest of the system and you see, you know, to see the, some of the tools and some of the talents and the the skills that the guys have there. But you know, even at, at number three, Peter Borges. Uh, you know, 19 walks and, and 509 at-bats. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly, and I saw him play this year, and, you know, certainly his talent and his, his feel on the on the bases and, you know, in the field and a, a line drive swing, you know, certainly some things about him stand out, but, you know, there's even, it's it's a pretty big question mark about him going forward, how that's going to, you know, mature going forward. You know, Hank Conger, will he stick at catcher? Uh, you know, there's certainly some question marks there. You know, one guy I do like though in the in the Angels system that you know didn't make the top ten, uh, Will Smith, uh, a pretty polished left-hander. Again, going back to uh, talking about our polished 18-year-old kids again, but uh, hmm. you know he was a left-hander, pitched in the Pioneer League this year, uh, barely walked anyone, had uh, had more than a strikeout per inning this year, and he he does have good stuff from the left side. He's a six-foot-five uh, projectable le- left-hander with. Uh, uh, a good breaking ball. He's a guy I like. Another guy I like in that system, uh, uh, Fabio. He goes by Fabio Mesa or Fabio Martinez Ma- Martinez Mesa. Uh, he was in the Dominican Summer League this year, uh, throwing up to up to 94 to 96 miles an hour. Uh, I, I think he could be. Uh, he had an outstanding year for himself as a 17-year-old in the Dominican Summer League this year. I could see him be another kind of guy in the Dominican Summer League to watch for for next year to make that jump over uh, to the U.S. in in 2009. 
but in terms of the rest of the system, uh, especially when you compare it and contrast it to you know the Rangers and the A's, it's I think you're right, Aaron. It's it's not quite up to uh, up to par with the uh, with some of the you know those systems in baseball. You know, I, and and I think. Uh, I would even put the Mariner system right now ahead of ahead of the Angel system, which is I would too, which is I think a quite a quite a shift from past years. But uh, I I kind of am, I'm excited about a few of these these young Mariners players. And and you and I were talking uh, a, a moment ago before we we came on the air here about how uh, the Mariners system really has has an international flavor to it. Uh, this top ten list, uh, I should say. Um, you know, and, and traditionally, of course, this is a, a system that you think about, and you think about a lot of, of, of college players kind of dominating. But uh, now, I mean, we're looking at Greg Hallman here. Um, we're looking at, at Truenfalk and, and, and Juan Ramirez and, uh, you know, even Michael Saunders and Philippe Amon are a couple of Canadians. Only two of the top ten guys were born in the in the United yeah. States. So it's uh, it makes for, I think, an, an interesting mix here. A, a, a lot of guys who I think are... Uh, are unknowns to a lot of people in baseball, and uh, uh, but they 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 got a lot of tools here. I mean, I think it's this is a this is kind of a high risk, high reward top ten. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'd characterize it as as that, and, and certainly I think Greg Holman kind of epitomizes that uh, in terms of the the high risk, high reward. Uh, I don't think anyone really doubts his athleticism or you know his power and his speed. Uh, you know, but will he ever put it together and and learn how to you know recognize pitches a little bit better? You know, and he walked 32 times and, and struck out uh, about 142 times as well. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at that and you talk to scouts about his pitch recognition and, you know, his, his plate discipline, it's it's pretty questionable right now. That said, he reached double A as a 20-year-old uh, and, and had success there. So, you know, there's, there's certainly high reward potential, uh, but a lot of risk. I think people... People like to drop the name Alfonso Soriano whenever they see a guy who has a lot of power and a lot of speed. Uh, on the other hand, I think Soriano showed a little bit more plate discipline and a little bit better pitch recognition when he was in the minor leagues uh, th- than I think most people really give him credit for, uh, especially in contrast to a guy like Hallman. Uh, but certainly the the high-reward potential is, is there with Hallman. Uh, but I think you're right, there is a lot of that high-risk, high-reward uh, type talent in this system. Well, it's... it's uh... You know, it, it's it's nice to at least have some players to get excited about, um, and and you know that's that's the fun in, the, in this whole game, Ben. I think is is uh, is looking into the future here, and and uh, I, I think that we've looked at some some systems today that have a, a pretty bright future. Um, you know, I'm, I can't wait to see some of these these Rangers and, and athletics prospects in particular as the, as they get to the the big leagues, um, and uh, we'll we'll find out then. You know, once and for all, who does have the best system? Check back in ten years. That's right. Once again, my name is Ben Badler, alongside Aaron Fitt. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.